Welcome to The Ether. Today is Saturday, April 9th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of The Ether is also brought to you by Intern Capital. Everyone knows interns make the world go round, so when it comes to picking out your interns, make sure you choose the best. The best you say, that's right, the best. And everyone knows all the best interns come from Intern Capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on Twitter and keep an eye out April 14th for the Intern FT Mint launching on One Planet. Links are in the show notes. And for more information, check out intern.capital. Be sure to follow Intern Capital on Twitter for daily ship posts and stock tips. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, part two of the two-part space, the IBC Gang Lounge open mic. Let's take a listen. So what if each chain managed their own integration through uh, governance? So what if you had Avalanche, uh, Solana, and Terra made a wallet together? They put funds toward this wallet and then each chain had to manage their own DeFi integrations and DeFi integrations into it. I don't know, just some ideas. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, and between, with cross-chain, like, you could probably find the funds too, right? To, to fund it, and you could probably find the developers, and you could probably find the enthusiasm as well to accomplish it. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I, I mean, yeah, you're talking about the big three that just throws money around. I mean, AVAX, I don't know. They probably just threw around $300 million recently. I've been watching them. Terra's been throwing money around. I mean, there's money there. So that that would actually be a good idea for the big three like that, just to create a cross-chain wallet. Because it is. it is It's just so frustrating. Like, I would love to just, you know, me, I'm in it all day long. I want to get positions in other tokens. It's like, I just don't feel like dealing with it. It's like, I'll just, nah, whatever. Screw it. I don't want to get any AVAX today because I don't want to get these other wallets. It's, it's not just the other wallets, right? Like, the, the reason why you you hesitate to go do this and that is, um, you just don't know where you're opening yourself up to whose security risks. You don't know like the pros and cons of the various protocols and other chains. You may not be hanging out in those communities enough to know what matters. Like there's a whole like layer of like alpha that you're missing and, and maybe like your inexperience. And it does make you nervous because the more you know about one chain, the more uncomfortable you, you feel going and doing something else. I, th- I think that's just human nature to some extent. But it's also just survival by, you know, some level of, you know, you, you want your knowledge and your alpha within that chain to benefit you in your investing strategy. And when you jump all over the place, maybe you don't get enough alpha about anything, you know, like you're, you're not paying close enough attention. 
No, I agree. I agree with that. You're spreading yourself out too thin. I totally agree with that. I, I, it would just be me. Like, you know what? I believe in this token. I don't even feel like doing any degen action in their ecosystem. I'm just going to buy it and and hold it onto whatever a ledger. But yeah, it's it's they need to figure that out because I think that's right. Remember, way. like you guys were like, "Hey, dude, dummy, go pick up your shade airdrops." Remember that? <laughs> yeah, we were teasing you, and you had I was good, like, you had a nice stack. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, look, I'm rich. Like, I got shade airdrops from somewhere." And uh, but that's the thing, like because I wasn't participating enough, like I missed out on stuff, right? So you didn't get the full advantage of owning Adam because you didn't pay close enough attention to what the hell's going on. Right. So that's, exactly. so this is the, this is the exact problem that happens. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I like, I, I, you know, AVAX is going to be around. They just, it's too big to fail in my opinion. Uh, so like, I would like to get involved with their ecosystem, but like you said, you don't want to spread yourself out too thin. And I just like, I have so many dead wallets. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Hey, Hey, Steffi, what do you think about this AVAX move? I think, I mean, do you consider it kind of an alliance? I mean, to me, it's like reaching out across the aisle and saying, hey, let's work together. And I mean, they're, from what I understand, their their technology is pretty, pretty top notch. I mean, AVAX, I, my limited understanding, they, they can scale very fast. I, I don't know too much about it. I think it's these are like you said, these are good political moves. They're good USD adoption moves. They're good. In that, like, um, the more sort of cross-chain integration that you create, the more probable it is that other people will find some interesting things on Terra and feel like using uh, things on Terra besides just UST. But the other thing is, too, like, once you have access to UST, um, and let's say you have some kind of cross-chain solution that's really easy where you can jump from, um, you know, various chains back to Terra using some any form of UST, right? Like, so the Terra bridge, for example, has a lot of different coins in it now. But the easier that becomes for people to jump back and forth, the more probable they're going to find cool shit on, on whichever chain and everyone benefits, right? So uh, I think it's, yeah, it's it's just more I, network I, effects is yeah, what it is. I, I agree. And I think it's a, it's a really great move on Terra's part because it's like the more... Terra reaches out to other um, kind of individual level ones. It, it, it makes it makes the big player. We all know who the big player is. Starts with an E. It, it makes makes that player realize that the, the it's going to be an interoperable multi-chain world, and it it's the chains need to be connected more. And it you just have to be able to make it easier. I, I, I don't know. You know, I think it's a great move. I know a lot of people were not too crazy about the idea that they first started adding on bitcoin as a reserve and it's like okay it's all well and good we get that and then you know a couple weeks later it's okay we're going to add a little bit of uh, avalanche too so i i I think it's a good move i was going to say shout out to whomever was building up the terror bridge because it used to not be that good like the it was always dicey withdrawing from like osmosis to like terra now it's just money like it's always money in a bank. It's instantly pretty much like you just it's click it. And, oh. I, haven't, I haven't used it, Haas. Is it real smooth? I use it all the time. It is so like it's literally instant. Like I send it and it's it's there instantly. Like the most it ever takes is like maybe five seconds. Like it's like boom. It, it, it could be like during epoch or whenever. It's it's fast. It's just yeah. Big. So they they got it dialed in now. It sounds like. 
Yeah, because they were neglecting it for a while. Like, the, like it was like a kind of like inside joke. We we're always like, yeah, we got to deal with like seven hundred people messaging us, like, hey, where's my funds? Like, it failed. Like, it's refi- like it's refunding, and it's like, well, we can only. It's a it's a relayer thing. It's not like osmosis. Like, it's. But now I don't know what they did upgrades or I I haven't looked into that side or reached out. But I just whoever whoever did whatever, I, kudos to them because it's it's money in the bank. You know, you know, it'd be a good choice. You know, it'd be a good choice for a lot of our uh, Cosmos chains too. Like, you go to DApps on various Cosmos applications. Let's say it's a like Juno based or you know whatever, right? Or like, what's the one that's more about NFTs? Is Stargate? Or uh, well, Stargate is now. Yeah, Secrets are like real big in NFTs too. Oh yeah, Stargate. Secret, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is like, it'd be nice if the key DApps that. Um, uh, or on those uh, on the various IBC chains, it'd be really amazing if you could just hop on with like let's say a Terra Station wallet, and you could spend your UST on whatever the hell you wanted, right? Like that that solves some of the wallet problem that we were talking about, like where you could it's sort of like how ThorSwap allows you to go on there and like connect your Terra Station wallet. Like <laughs> within Cosmos, we can't do that at this moment. Which is, yeah, kind really of, which is kind of weird. It's just weird that, that like it makes no sense as far as like how it's set up right now. I hope hopefully with more comprehensive IBC. Um, maybe Simon knows more about this actually since you guys are building things. But like, what is the story with like Terra ultimately building in IBC like more comprehensive capabilities? And what kind of challenges did like Loop face with all of this? Would be interesting conversation because <laughs> like that's like a holy grail thing to me. Uh, we was talking about it before, actually. Uh, I was talking to Octomage uh, earlier, so yesterday, and he was saying that they're upgrading. They're actually in the process of upgrading the IBC module, which will make it a lot easier to, like, smart contracts will become cross-chain through IBC, so you'll be able to send CW20 over to Osmo and have Asteroid Loop and stuff over at Osmosis, as well as NFTs. So that the once that is upgraded and all tested and stuff, you know, it'll be more cross-chain. I think... Uh, in terms of sending UST to different chains, it, it's really going to be reliant, I think, on having all these relayers up, relayers up right? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of chain. Like, uh, obviously, everyone's going to want relayers between uh, Terra and their own chains. Um, but uh, currently, you know, the way I think you guys probably experience this a lot, like oftentimes validators are setting up those relayers and they're funding them themselves rather than having a chain like Terra actually subsidizing that. I think that will be a big key once there's a lot more subsidizing and, and and like sponsoring of those relayers, it will enable for for more flows. And then you can, I'm sure you'll always you'll be able to create some kind of uh, route through Terra Bridge, where Terra Station um, you can use Terra Station on the cross chain, and it will go through Terra Bridge every time. Uh, I'm sure that's that's going to come. Yeah, that's essential for it to, to really take off to where it needs to go. Is you know the the user should have no worry pretty much ever for to send any token to anywhere they want that's enabled you know IBC enabled and not have to worry about anything and yeah so, I I understand that's an expensive process so I mean maybe so Hans or Simon uh, is this the reason why um it is this the reason why right now for example when you pop open Kepler um th- these technical limitations are why you can't just like why you don't have like a on the side menu, you know, where you open it up, you have all these different, you have osmosis, you have, uh, you know, the other ones and you, you don't, you can't pull up Terra yet because like, it's not fully compatible. Um, it'd be, it'd be kind of nice if you, in a way, if you didn't need Terra station at all, 
like and you just use kepler for this maybe well i know josh was saying yeah josh was saying and like this was like a week ago he he planned on within like two to three weeks if everything goes like the way he anticipates it that that luna can literally be fully enabled on kepler so then any literally any cw20 that's on luna you could just have on your kepler too and then that would just be game that would just be the biggest game changer ever you'd be able to just do whatever you want like okay i want to start up an anchor pull over on osmosis or i want to just send this token from osmosis over like it it'll just be like you can't yet the best user experience ever you can't you wouldn't be able to yet not not until the ibc modules upgraded well yeah that's what i mean when you upgrade it and then the kepler's fully enabled like it'll just be like a game changer it'll be the best it'll be the best experience of all time it'll be the best that's all i can say what we're looking to do on loop um i'm actually going down to melbourne uh this week and we're going to be working over uh, I'm working over a new navigation and, and, and basic loop AI, uh, UI. So the whole idea is to rework the entire um, UI to make it, you know, super easy to navigate and stuff. And I think that, you know, one of the big things that will be powerful too that I'm looking to, to do is figure out how we can uh, use the composability of Terra Bridge to build that into the UI like Osmosis did. So, you know, you have a portfolio page and you can click, uh, you know, send or withdraw directly from the UI. But then if you've got TerraBridge, uh, like if you've got TerraBridge integrated, right, similar to kind of Osmo where you can send through IBC without actually even leaving Osmosis. If you can integrate this but with Wormhole and with IBC, it's a cool experience where you're actually doing it outside of your wallet where you could be on a portfolio page, you've got WETH and you want to dip, you know, deposit WETH. So you open that up, it opens up you know, a pop-up for, for um, either a pop-up or an integration for TerraBridge. And then you're actually doing it without having to go to an external platform. And I think IBC will have a similar thing as well, where you'll be able to just interact with the DAP or the DEX directly, and you won't ever have to leave the DEX, and you'll be able to do all your deposits and your withdrawals straight from there. I think that's going to be powerful. Yeah, that's the way to go. I mean, that's like you were just saying, that's what Osmosis' main goal has been. And it's actually going to be the same way with the MetaMask, that you're going to be able to just do that with your MetaMask. If, a, if someone's coming over just from Ethereum, it's going to be the same same user experience for them. Just here, pop in your MetaMask, and that's it. So, hey, that's our plan too. You got a question, can... man? Sorry, Simon. Let's just get to the the questions really quick. We'll get back. Desperado, are you there? Going once. Yes, you felt probably fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still here. I was reading something. I'm still here, but no, I was just saying. Um, oh yeah, I was just saying that it like switching to UST, like even converting to crypto.com and putting it on your debit card or on Cypher D, like is super, super fast. It's faster than the bank account down there. Like it's it's crazy for real. Cypher what? What's what's that? It's like a um it's like almost an anonymous debit card, something like that. But it's a new debit card and um, you can search it up, but you can put your funds like directly onto it and you get a digital debit card that's like tap and pay meanwhile and you can use it for anything, like anything in the world. No kidding? Is it um, no kidding. for um, iPhone and stuff like that? It's for iPhone, it's for iPhones and you can use it on like um, Google Pay and Samsung Pay. I use it on, I tried it on all of them and it's like a green light, it's a go. Like... I, and they, get, they got some rewards coming in, too, because I talked with one of the developers. He was asking me how was it and, like, the type of improvements. But, like, like it, it's swell. I used it today just to buy a Monster Energy drink because I went to go check some stuff out. 
I was like, let me go ahead and use it real quick. I got a couple of bucks and just try it here since I see that they got it. It worked. Even at the gas station, converting just a little bit of crypto sense that I had. Wow, that's that's a big deal. That's a game. That's a big deal. And like, check this. Your name name don't pop up. What's the name of this thing? Cipher D. Hold on. Let me recheck. Let me let me triple check. That's like C Y P H E R Cipher. Yeah, yeah. Cipher D Wallet with the green dog. Huh, okay. Can't miss the green dog. I mean, yellow dog, my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yellow dog. (laughs) But nah, it's amazing. And they don't, it don't cost any fees like it would for you to switch to like crypto.com or anything, no conversion fees. The only conversion fee you send is sending it straight to the wallet, you know? Yeah, that's super cool. That's actually like pretty, pretty cool that there's, that's actually starting to be a real thing. Um, and your name don't pop up on it like your name don't pop up on it on the wallet is just a black wallet like the digital the digital one is just a black wallet and it got like no logo on it It, that make it even more doper like like you didn't chose the the other pill like it just make it even doper nice um and then we so we had one question from the crowd from uh sandy she was wondering if we could talk about the difference between like side chains and ledgers and kind of like uh, IBC networks, um, kind of like Ripple and the XRPL uh, networks, for example. Anybody up here wanted to take that one? So well, ledgers is <laughs> ledgers is the start because that's what that's what like keeps all the transactions and stuff like bank accounts. So that's the that's the very like almost the very beginning of where you would start. If anybody want to go from there. I didn't even hear the question fully. I'm, about. Yeah, I'm not sure I fully understood the question either. <laughs> it, difference was between different chains, side chains, IBC. Yeah. And so it was kind of like the technical differences, basically. I think so. I think it's this is more comparing. She wants to compare like what Ripple is and how Ripple has like the main Ripple network. And then it has a couple of different side chains that they spin up compared to like how the IBC is. Where the IBC is like kind of each side yeah. chain per se is actually like its own application specific thing. You, you she also of- wants to know like the ledger like how like Phantom is like a hashograph or something like that. You know each each one is, is kind of different in their own little twist. So maybe yeah I mean to keep it really simple here um, you, there's only so many ways to scale um, when it comes to uh, speed and when it comes to uh, the amount of data that has to um, happen on chain. So it's like transactions per second. So you have a lot of different things that limit that. Um, and there's a variety of solutions that can come about when you realize that if you have just one single chain, like a Bitcoin proof of work or a Ethereum proof of work, where, you know, if you have, a, you know, 10 billion people wanting to like write to this thing simultaneously, you're going to start to have problems. So um, in order to solve this problem, you basically have, you know, many, many different types of chains, some of which, um, and, and you could have many different types of design for these things. So a way to look at it would be you could have one chain with a lot of parallel chains that are doing different transactions. And then you uh, write to the main chain uh, for finality. These would be kind of like um, 
you know, ideas like what Ethereum and maybe Avalanche and some others are doing. So you have like a parachains idea, like, um, you know, and, and you could decide to do something unlimited where the, 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 the side chains are, you know, can scale to infinity like a cadena, or you could have some sort of system where, you know, there's a limited number of side chains, like for example, a polka dot, but you know, they auction those chains off to the like highest bidder or whatever. Um, so there's different uh, ways these chains would work depending on also how you fund them, because obviously different chains have to be run by different computers, essentially. And, um, you know, the costs can uh, start becoming prohibitive, especially if, you know, you have to spin up a whole chain for a very focused application. So where Cosmos sort of, you know, came in was they said, well, or Tendermint or, you know, whoever you want to call it. But basically the philosophy is, okay, well, it would be nice to have the ability for anyone to spin up a chain. Um, and all you have to do is um, use the same software of Tendermint. And essentially you can, um, you know, start a chain for anything. So for example, um, uh, in Cosmos, like the primary chain of Cosmos, that which just has the atom token is one chain, or Juno is a chain, or Terra is a chain. Um, Kronos for the Crow token is a chain, for example. So, um, what's special about this is is that each of them basically have sovereign rules. They have uh, they can have their own governance. They can have properties um, that uh, are on one chain but not the other. For example, uh, Terra has the UST Terra Luna like you know. Uh, mechanism for stablecoin production. You have um, like Juno that has smart contracts, but it doesn't necessarily have um, uh, you know a, a native built-in stablecoin network. Uh, let's say you have um, an os Osmosis, which is a, is really fully optimized to be a Dex more than anything. So um, basically, uh, you know, imagine Ethereum. If you run a Dex on Ethereum. Um, and it gets too big, you know, you could create um, layer two solutions, but they all have to write to Ethereum right now. And so notice what happens. It got really expensive. Gas fees got super expensive and transactions get slower. And when things are busy, there's too much congestion. Whereas if you had an entire chain just for the decks like Osmosis has, you could just spin up more validators. You can you could dedicate more um, uh, infrastructure in the background to support the needs of that chain, but it's really much harder to overwhelm like an, an entire chain that's a DEX compared to a DEX that's operating on a chain with a bunch of other shit happening on it, right? So, like, let's say for example, an airline or a massive company. Um, I don't know. Pick, let's say Apple for example, and they wanted to do something like it would make sense for them to spin up a Cosmos chain versus anything else they could possibly do. Why? Because they could have all their own governance, all of their own rule set. They could make it a completely private chain if they wanted to. But then ha after having done all of this, the cool thing is they can easily transact between all of the other Cosmos chains through the inter-blockchain um, communication or IBC, um, which then kind of creates this you know, uh, seamless sort of network effect. So for example, if Apple wanted to create like a rewards program or I don't know, just make up whatever you want, like you know, they wanted to create a, a chain. They don't have to invent a whole new blockchain to do it. They could use um, 
you know, the Tendermint uh, framework. And one of the benefits they get is now they can use things like UST, for example. They can have perhaps in the future composability with other Cosmos-based projects, for example. So it creates a really cool network effect. Um, and IBC is really important because it allows you to move assets between chains uh, whereby um, you don't have the risks of bridges, which is a whole nother like, discussion where you know, Ethereum and Avalanche, or um, actually a better example, Ethereum and Terra are not compatible chains. Ethereum has a different, you know, whole nother, a completely different structure. So if you wanted to have like uh, a version of Ethereum on Terra, you actually have to use a bridging mechanism where some intermediary like Wormhole holds Ethereum and then issues a fake Ethereum to you on Terra, for lack of a better term. And if something happened to that bridge, all hell breaks loose. Whereas with IBC, um, the the way that assets are recorded essentially is much more seamless and you don't have to have a intermediary bridge in the middle. And I think that hopefully is a a pretty good summary of all this. And maybe if you guys want to fill in the blanks, um, that's sort of how I how I've sort of like organized my thoughts on this as far as explaining it to people. And this is also why like I'm bullish on Cosmos much more so than um, a lot of other systems, not to throw shade on a, you know, an avalanche or whatever. But here's the thing, like, if you had to build your, like, if you're a massive company or a country, right, and you needed to build something that's a private chain, for example, today, where are you going to do this? You're going to do this on Cosmos, right? There is no other good choice that's open source that you can, like, entertain at this point, unless I'm wrong. I mean, I guess you could spin up a parachain on polka dot but why would you want to pay all that for that i just don't understand the the, the business model there but maybe you guys can fill me in <laughs> that'd be your analogy between the like the airport and like apple was amazing thank you for that dude for real well, no, it's just that yeah it's a real world like use case like if you have a real business and you want to start your own blockchain like sefi said it would make zero sense and this is no knock on any other chain out there it just makes zero sense it's open source so as long as you have developers, they can, it's like the way I always tell people to like kind of make it real like simplistic is it's, it's a universal language that everyone can speak as opposed to like certain chains have their own, like you want to call it software or whatever. I always just say languages. They have their own different languages that aren't universal. So why wouldn't you just want a u universal language to be able to speak at any moment? Like, you, like Seth, you said, it could be a private chain where you just, it's just like, okay, you're your own chain. You don't talk to the out outside world, but at any moment you can just click a button and enable it. You know, the governance can vote, say, yep, we want to have this so we can enable it to, to speak with the whole world, so to speak, the whole cosmos world. Yeah. And, and another way to look at it would be like, think about two operating systems that you'd have on a computer, right? Like people understand what it means to use like a windows PC. They understand maybe how, how it feels to use a, a, a Mac uh, computer. Right. And, um, you know, there are different chips, there are different operating systems. And, you know, if Microsoft Word wants to produce something on um, Microsoft Windows, they have to write a whole program for that. Then if they want to produce the same thing on the Mac, they got to write a whole other program for that. You could have a file sharing in between like the Word doc, you know, the doc, um, you know, whatever file format could be identical. And that could be the bridge in a sense between the two platforms. But each of those platforms is going to have its own security risks, its own bugs, its own development. The whole thing is just the whole shebang is just a mess, right? Like, so you. But if you look at, say, for example, 
like, um, you know, the way files get transferred. Think about a PDF file, right? You have a PDF file, you expect it to work on your Mac, you expect it to work on your PC, your phone, your Android, whatever. And those kinds of like um, system agnostic types of um, uh, pieces of data or information or files are how you can think of coins on Cosmos. Imagine like a PDF, you can use it anywhere. Similarly, ideally, you'd want to be able to use the properties of a, um, a, a, a Cosmos-based coin like in any of the possible Cosmos ecosystem uh, chains because the base operating system is basically the same. So, you know, like if you're a big company showing up, you want the widest possible, most um, like intercompatible system that you possibly can find because if you're a big company, like you're an airline or something like that, and you're gonna, you're gonna create a, um, you know, a, I don't know, your frequent flyer miles system for, um, what's the one for, that Lufthansa has? I'm trying to think of that big one the star alliance right you're a big alliance of thing and you want to have like your frequent flyer miles on this thing um it makes sense like to have and then if you're uber to come and do this right it would make sense because like let's say you wanted to you, you bought too many uber tokens you know for your taxi cabs and you're like you know what i want to go i want to get a airline um uh, ticket you can just swap your uber tokens for your like your Lufthansa, uh, you know, uh, uh, airline ticket tokens or whatever, and you can do them on the fly immediately, right? Like that makes a lot of sense um, to me as far as like how this should all work, right? You, have you don't want you that interchangeability. Seppi is like the rewards points with all these different um, large corporations because that, as a great use case for blockchain. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but like it eliminates the need for cash intermediaries, right? So you wouldn't even need to jump between, say, for example, a, a Bitcoin and something. You would just literally go from your, um, you know, your college token that pays for university or something. And you're <laughs> like, hey, I've got too much college token. I'm just going to swap it right for my Uber token. I'm going to take a ride to the whatever. Right. So, like, it, you know, I think what will happen is you'll have industry specific coins that have specific tokenomics that theoretically you could swap between them, you know however you want and probably probably i'm just guessing here but if enough like major global corporations got involved what you'd end up having is less um government-based coins that people care about and more about direct utility coins long-range view right like why would you even need to swap between um you know uh, certain currencies when if you had like an uber token you can use it anywhere in the world or a you know, like interchangeable frequent flyer miles tokens or whatever, you know, you see my like point. Universal. Yeah. You can just swap yeah. between things and you can just yeah. like do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. Oh, I hope air miles jumps in on something like that. <laughs> Can't use those things anywhere. But like, if you just use your imagination for a minute, like what other situation, what other set of chains without bridges and all this other nonsense, can you do this? And you can't do it anywhere else at this point. Like that's how I look at it. Right. That's yeah, I look at it, yeah, I look at it the same way. Like I came over from like Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then once I found uh, IBC, I, I the, the possibilities are just endless. Of the use cases, and if you like, like we were just saying, if you have a real business and you wanted to become, you know, like a a currency or your own blockchain, why would you not use Cosmos SDK and just just yeah. become? You know, it just and, makes no sense. Like I try to like that, but why would you want to invent one yourself, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Apple's a bunch of smart people or whoever. 
but like, would they really want to invent a whole nother um, system and then have to test all the bugs and flaws in that for a decade? Or would they rather like spin up the Cosmos chain? And, um, you know, and they could do, they could spin one up for each individual purpose, right? Like if they just wanted one for their gift card network, great. If they wanted another one for within their company, great, right? Like they don't have to even have it be public, right? For that matter, they don't even need decentralization. Think about it, right? Like they could yeah. spin up, if they have an application that would be beneficial with a blockchain, like they don't even need to worry about like having a gajillion validators or whatever. They don't have to worry about any of that. They could just spin up private chains if they want. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it could be a small country. Could, there's, there's so many use cases for Cosmos SDK that people don't even think about. Like it's just, yeah, there's just so many possibilities. And and I always try to 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 say to myself, I try to find reasons why you would want not, you know, you wouldn't want to go that route. And just like we'll go to like Luna, I try to find reasons why it wouldn't go to like a thousand dollars. Like that's my way of thinking about like like this whole entire blockchain i'm like why why wouldn't adam be used like why would this not be used like i try to find reasons and i find some of them just hard to, to find any reason so that's why i'm bullish on them and i invest in them hey guys um got a question from actually someone in a college class right now so let's go to let's go to um his question he says hey i'm a freshman in college and in a crypto class one of the questions is about osmosis how did Osmosis partner and work with other key Cosmos teams plus resources on their community growth? Haas, you think you could answer that one? Yeah, yeah I, can I think that, that I clarified with him too as well. He wanted to know like it was for both kind of like how did these projects like partner with Osmosis to get on the decks and then how did they partner with them to get like airdrops and just how, do the, how are those relationships formed? All right, so like Osmosis, to be honest with you, was created but what by Sonny for the most part on a hackathon and in a 72 hour spurt that he just got cranked up on probably caffeine and just build it and uh you know became like the main decks really IBC you know it didn't become what it was until osmosis launched and as for like projects like they just start up like we we're just talking about they start up their own chains and then once you enable IBC then you can list on osmosis so they can take snapshots if they want to do airdrops they all have different uh snapshots requirements so some may say oh, you know what we're going to snapshot we're going to take a snapshot of all atom stakers all osmo stakers all luna stakers or like okay you provide a liquidity and pull one with atom osmo and they'll take that on whatever block and then they'll you know they could do the airdrop and all that's on them to do that same thing with listing that's all on them uh, if you want to talk about like some tokens will do, they're called LBPs, liquidity bootstrap protocol. Like basically they provide liquidity. So instead of doing like a, a round of funding, they'll just list the token at, I don't even know what they want to start the price point at, but basically they'll do a four day stint where the community or the investors decide what the price point is. It, it may start off with like, I think Comdex, Comdex did it. So I want to say it started off with eight, like the, instead of, the pull being 50-50, which is the end goal, it'll start off weight, the weight will be 80% Comdex, 20% Osmo. And then once it gets to 50-50, after like the four days, this is kind of what the price point is. So like they do that. Um, like Star Stargaze did a really unique offer. So when they got started, they were worth nothing. And they 
ask, they basically ask the community, like the Osmo Osmosis has a community pool. I don't know. I don't know all the numbers, but like say whatever millions of dollars in it. And they asked the community pool for a loan that they'd pay back after whatever their criteria was. And everyone passed it. They said, yeah, we'll do that. So basically in the osmosis community reserves, there's multiple tokens in it. Like there's regen, there's stars. I don't know who I think there's comdexes in it too, if I can recall, but there's multiple currencies that are in the community pool. So it's like a reserve. And uh, so you could do it that way as for like the community. Uh, so everything's governance. And initially there was like no, I mean, there was a support lab, but it was all just like voluntarily. And I don't remember which prop it was, but one of the early props was to start like an official, uh, support lab. So like there'd be around a clock 24 seven support, like on discord, telegram. Um, I don't know if Twitter necessarily, but definitely discord and telegram where, where the people that are involved, which I'm actually involved with that where we get paid bi-weekly with the Osmo token. And that was all voted on by governance. So like, that's pretty cool. And we just keep growing and growing and growing. We're doing more things. Uh, we've sponsored last year's Cosmoverse. We're doing an event May 17th in Florida. And this is all paid by the community, basically. And, and also Haas, like, like uh, the support lab, also gives us a big hand and um, supports Cosmo Spaces. So maybe... You can talk about that. Yeah. So like the Osmosis Support Lab is creating content and educational tutorials. Thank you, which is a part of um, that process is actually helping right now create some really innovative and cool uh, videos like tutorial videos. The Support Lab is also uh creating an interface that's going to be directly on the osmosis website so like if you go on and you're having any issues or questions instead of going on telegram and potentially having some scammer dm you and pretend there's some support lab um, individual you'll be able to ask the questions directly on the interface you know whatever type of question you may have and you can get it 24 7 basically around the clock support and then for like the Cosmos spaces, since we've been doing a lot of um, tutorials and live uh, video screens sharing on Discord of, of trying to onboard people, they actually sponsor us and help us so we can do giveaways and kind of show people like, hey, this is how you can provide liquidity. This is how you can stake. And, and again, this is all from the community. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just the really it's empowering. It's the it's the. Um, it's the way to go, basically. It's this we're giving back and we're growing organically. Everything's organically. And as for like partnerships, there was no VCs ever. I think I don't remember the group, but there is a collaboration with Osmosis uh, that we have. I should know this right now, but I've been kind of drinking a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like there's no VCs. So like we were the VCs. Most of the the tokens were airdropped to Adam Stakers. So. It, it all started organically. We they it was a really innovative way to do it. I think they're like the first to ever kind of do it the way they have is they give out airdrops and they they had you do certain tasks to get the whole entire airdrop, and uh, it kind of made you it forced you to use the the interface. And then if you use the swap for the first time, and you you came over from say you had experience with Uniswap and 
you know, these other swaps, you're like, yeah, this is, this is the shit. Like, this is where I want to be. And uh, so like, it was kind of cool that they got that. And then like, my thing is, is like, once you use it, you're going to be like, yeah, this is really good experience and you're going to come back. So it was really, really good the way they did it. Yeah. I think another thing that helped them like kind of just be so successful and get that like engagement support is, you know, Sonny used to be a part of like, you know, the core Cosmos team working on the Cosmos SDK. And the cool thing about the Cosmos community is like, it's not like a competition between all these chains. It's more of like, hey, let's all win together. Cause if like one of us wins, we're all gonna win type thing. Um, not necessarily that every single chain is gonna succeed, but as far as the network goes. Um, so it's just really cool to be like a part of this network because if you spin up a chain in this network, you almost have an instant community that wants to see you win because you're using, you're, you're, you're coming into the, the Cosmos community just by enabling IBC, um, you know, and, and just trying to be a part of what what this uh this community is about. Yeah, and then like I mean osmosis is very innovative. So Sefi made a point about saying about applications that are built on top of one another. It's really hard for a deck, so to speak, to really prosper and be the best version of itself it could possibly be if it's on top of a another um, blockchain. So like an L2 DEX. Thank you very much, Haas. Yeah, dude, I've been I had too many margaritas. Like I'm like oh, breathing, I'm like I'm like breathing hard right now because all the sugar. <laughs> you're good, bro. I was actually kind of thirsty right now. I'm making trying to make me some uh you know mixed drinks here in a little bit. So, so my, yeah, my office is downstairs. Like I have a ranch, so I like ran up my stairs to get me a propel. I'm like breathing all hard now. <laughs> and I'm not even. I'm in good shape, man. Like, I'm in good shape. <laughs> Yeah, Brad, how are you doing down there? Thanks good, good. I said, I, good, good. I said, are they the slushy mar- margaritas or just the uh, ice cube? Just the ice cube. Like I get, I get those, um, those um, big blocks for like whiskey and all that. But I use that for my margaritas too. But the margaritas have way too much sugar, and I don't really do sugar that often. It's uh, like my face is all hot right now. <laughs> it's it looks hot. like it is hot. It looks like your, <laughs> your picture is just freaking pissed off, dude. <laughs> funny that's funny no but yeah, honestly quick, like, quick, like quick, passion quick. i was gonna say like passionately like osmosis has really um it's 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 changed my life i know it's changed a lot of people's life not just like financially but just like opening up my eyes to like the possibilities of what blockchain really can be because i came over from uh other blockchains and i you know i didn't come over because i'm like yeah i have i have adam and i qualified for the osmo airdrop i didn't get the osmo airdrop but for me using it and understanding like the technology and what it's trying to do, and I'm like, yeah, this is it. And then I completely, I mean, man, I can't tell you in June and July, how many hours that I just, I didn't do anything besides read everything I humanly possibly could about IBC and then just fell in love with it. I'm like, yeah, I, I got to get a part of this. And I just started, you know, voluntarily helping uh, on Telegram and just trying to pick people's brains as much as I possibly could because there wasn't as much information out there because I, IBC was so new. Like there wasn't really in, that many influencers. And if they were, they were just saying, hey, you know, you should look into Adam and you should look into this osmosis. But yeah, like the, the, the growth of like IBC and like what we're doing right now and just like the collaborations between other blockchains, it's, it's amazing, man. It's just like, it's really empowering. You should make the Coles Notes version of it then and sell it as an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it. 
I'd buy it. I'm <laughs> let's new go to here. Brad. I'm new let's here, go to Brad so... really quick, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Oh, go ahead, Brad. And I oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, uh, part Canadian, I guess. Uh, always doing the apology thing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. My bad. So anyways, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, new to this space here. Um, I, I think I've been in here for maybe like 10, 15 minutes. And uh, when I grabbed the mic, though, something that I currently have forgotten uh, because everything else was just so interesting. But um, it, it kind of tied into uh, something in regards to metaverse. And I'm trying to think of what the connection was uh, that I wanted to bring up. I'm thinking something along the lines where... Um, like an e-commerce layer on a metaverse and how that could tie into sales for the blockchain, something along those lines. But uh, I apologize. I forgot specifically what I was going to ask. You're good, bro. No problem. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I will definitely stick around. You guys are, are great. I'm learning a lot already in the short period of time I've been here. That's Thanks, for sure. Yeah. And I, I started off on a real rookie, rookie, you know, beginner's blockchain, uh, which I'm still on. And I'm happy I did do that, though. Uh, the Wax blockchain, uh, you know, very simplistic, uh, user friendly, easy to use, not expensive. If you make a mistake, it's not going to, you know, cost you a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about IBC with the gas. It's so it's so low. I mean, yeah. you like on osmosis. There's not you can technically send. You can do transactions without any gas. So, uh, yeah, same same with the the wax one. It's not a gas at all. Um, the way the the wax blockchain works is uh, resources. So you have these three uh, resources uh, in your wallet that you just have to make sure it doesn't hit like a hundred percent, which is considered like you overheated your wallet. So then it just kind of locks up for an hour until it. Uh, cools down kind of thing but uh, so there's a net uh, then you got your CPU and then you got your RAM so obviously you understand those um, functions and so you stake into your CPU and you can stake into your net which helps with the transaction cost but it's those are just blockchain fees they don't use the term gas there which the fees are ridiculously low anyways and uh, RAM you buy RAM so the memory aspect of it is, well, if you're going to be a creator, right, and you create so many NFTs that you're holding in your wallet, then you're just, you know, buying more RAM in order to hold them, things like that. But a lot of the transactions are absolutely free, like 100%. That's cool. Yeah. And the staking part of it, well, the more transactions that happen in the blockchain and the more wax you have staked into your CPU and net, then you get rewards for that as well. So that I thought was really cool that in regards to the staking aspect of it, you're not sending your your cryptocurrency or your NFTs to a third party, you know, and then pray to God you get them back. This is staking directly into your, your wallet. So your what, have you, what have you, to spin off of that, what have you used on uh, IBC so far? Uh, like I said, I am like literally 15 minutes new in here. So oh, nothing. Okay. nothing. <laughs> I, so, I mean, have you heard it, of that? Have you that's heard why, of Adam before? Yeah. No, I no, I have not. And that's why I was like bugging you about the Cole's notes thing. I wasn't joking. Okay. A little bit I was, but not really. No, but I would highly I would highly suggest you uh 
Yeah. You know, any centralized exchange, you can get Adam, Luna, Secret. I don't want to say Secret, but Adam and Luna for sure. I've uh, heard of Luna before prior to coming in here, yes. But the, <laughs> uh, the are you tr- are you trolling me right now? So you're like brand new? No, in I, yeah, I did follow you, but literally seconds ago. Minutes okay. ago. Yeah. Yeah, so. Good reminder should... to follow everybody in this room, by the way. Um, I, I have. I have. I'm following you, bro. Nice. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you want yeah, if you want nft giveaways i do quite a few of them because i love NFT. <laughs> I, I help out communities like try to get involved like to help them out and get some exposure but yeah so yeah, yeah you, you should follow us i mean we uh we're absolutely we're rolling to ibc so yeah I mean, and to uh, be honest yeah. with you to be honest with you, it's it's the future, like the way that all chains are going to communicate with one another. So, oh, for sure, for sure. Just but so I, I have been spending a lot of time with the research on metaverse stuff, and I found this one. It's called OVR, but they just recently changed their name, like today, um, and now it's over the so O V E R, uh, but it's the whole term is called over the reality, and what it is is it's planet Earth fractionalized into 1.6 trillion hexagons and it's planet earth to scale like to the inch and so these hexagon shapes uh these these fractions of them uh, they're 3764 square feet but they're like real places on earth so that you can buy them you can develop them you can sell stuff from them you can do whatever you want with them. If, in fact, if you buy a real, uh, virtual real estate over top of a store, let's say, you could contact that store in real life, ask them if they want to sell their, their products from the metaverse, and you can create QR codes for all their products and put them into that space. And people that log into the over-the-reality metaverse could literally go in there and buy. And every time they click on a QR code, it sends them to the store's website. And when they buy it, well, you get a percentage of that transaction. So you get that passive income from doing that. So, so it's yeah. a cool, it's a really cool idea to make yeah. like the point of sale system. But right. the only thing is, people want to use stable coins to pay for things. And like the biggest stable coins, UST, obviously. So if you could figure out a way to integrate that, probably could be good. Yeah. And then Saga is a new chain that's, uh, coming soon to basically launch your own blockchain in one click um right. so probably would want to launch your own pos system on there but use some kind of stable coin because people don't like to pay for things that aren't stable right. but you don't need to have your own point of sales here because it goes to their website they're the ones that deal with all the you know private information the credit card transaction you just get a piece of that transaction right like a percentage of the transaction so you don't need to deal with all the issues with you know getting a point of sales have to deal with a credit card payment have to deal with the securities and the privacy and all that kind of stuff you just come up with the qr code that sends it to that store's website in real life and that's why i love ust it's great cash yes yeah right exactly brad we're not i'm not trying to be rude but like we're kind of like going off on that on a yeah sorry my apologies no you're, you're cool i mean we we do have like nft shows and metaverse shows so like you know, if if you do follow us, you feel free because I mean we do kind of just go off the rails sometimes with like, <laughs> thoughts. But yeah, yeah, we were more trying to speak about like just IBC stuff and not like necessarily like metaverse stuff. So I'm not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, to I'm in the listen and learn uh, mode right now. All right, but thanks thanks for sharing that though.
Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. The, the Drake, what's going on, Drake? Yeah, let's say good, Drake. Yo, yo, word up. <clears throat> hey, uh, up, Sefi. Drake? What up? Sefi, question for you, man. Yeah, you what's up? Fra- you know about Frax now? Yeah, a little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the four pool, man. All right. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I want to hear what you guys' thoughts are. I made a video on it. I made a thread on it. Um, but I just want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on it. Um, what, as, what was the application again? Uh, Frax, uh, FXS, four pool. Is it? Is there going to be a? Um, is there going to be at any point in, in in the near term like some kind of IBC version of the Frax stablecoin, or what's happening with that? That's a good question. I think that would be actually kind of interesting. Um, I, I think there's really good synergies around this. Um, it, it also, I, I don't know if you guys know, but it's it's being tested on Phantom. Um, don't sleep on Phantom. Phantom's a cool chain. It's a community chain, but I'm just, not not showing it at all. But it's, with, it's just from a, from the angle of like just IBC and such, I think um, the the question becomes: Do they produce? Um, you, you know, does Frax actually emerge uh, on IBC and or on Osmosis somehow, and then becomes like tradable as an an alternative? stablecoin option because you also have on uh you have the shade um the silk shade you know privacy stable option and that also is not pegged to the dollar it's pegged you know to like a similar to frax has like a basket of things oh no no no, no. that's fpi fpi and frax are two different things okay okay by the way if you guys were staking your frax they just dropped the airdrop today so go claim it but yeah, um, so FXS or Frax, I mean, uh, which is the stablecoin, I think um, they will be actually on Osmosis. Time will tell. We'll see what happens. But I know Sonny has been shilling uh, stablecoins. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be on his list. Um, I just think it's going to be some really interesting synergies that we're going to see coming up with Frax and Luna, uh, specifically um, around the pool needing to be rebalanced because as usdc and usdt are deposited and even usd into those pools we're gonna need to mint more fracks i mean usdc is several like tons of billions i mean what is it like 50 billion or something like that now usdt is like 80 yeah 50 and usdt is like 80 billion and ust is almost 20 billion and stinking fracks is only two billion. I mean, what the snap? Where is it going to come from? <laughs> you got to burn this um, FXS to balance out the pools. Uh, I just think it's going to be some pretty interesting synergies. What's going to happen with this? You guys are still sleeping on fracks, man. Don't, Don't they hold a bunch of uh, convex? Dude, they're the number one holder. Yeah, so it's I mean, crazy. it only makes Those guys sense are geniuses. Why part of it, but yeah, totally. It's lots of they. They were they were the sauce. They started it all. Like they were the one who started the ball rolling with the convex. That's how they got so much because they were the first ones to uh, get adoption on that. Yeah, I'm interested to see like w- what the role of osmosis will be in all of this uh, curve war stuff because I'm working like in the PR side of things and creating narratives. And like the past few months, we've been focusing on like pushing that narrative that we're trying to be a part of you know the curve wars. So uh, hopefully in the next you know month or two, 
especially now you see on the frontier we have like gravity assets with the stables but i say give it like another few months and we'll start to see like some real competition yeah man. yeah they're, they're gonna have all they'll have all the stables on there there's gonna be you know zero zero swap basically no fees you just be able to swap whatever whatever you want so I'm looking for I don't, it just I don't makes me people... think about god go ahead i was gonna say i don't even i don't know if people are actually seeing the alternative uh narrative that's going to be coming out of this a lot of people are kind of missing the uh forest for the tree um Look, the four pool, where is it launching? It's on Phantom. What is the number one way to get people over onto your chain? You give liquidity mining incentives. What's the problem with liquidity mining incentives? They're usually denominated in the token, like the chain token. Like, for example, Avalanche, it's Avalanche. For Phantom, it's Phantom. However, we now have a liquidity mining incentive that's going to be launched on the chain. And the reason why it's a liquidity mining incentive is because people are going to want to come to Phantom to deposit into those pools to farm Luna, to farm the stable coins, and to farm uh, FXS. So you get right, triple it's like rewards. external incentives. Yep, and then you're also getting curve. So it's going to be like if you're wanting to accumulate a bunch of curve, this is going to be the best place to do it. And once people are on Phantom, they're like, "Wow, this is fun. This is fast. What is that thing over there? What is that thing over there? Wow, it's kind of comfy here." This is cool. Whoa, what is this phantom thing? What the snap? It's like a 0.3 to the, the market cap to TVL ratio is only 0.3. What is going on here? Whereas everyone else is like uh, Luna is the only other one that's still a bit low. It's 1.2. And everyone else is like 3, 4, 5x um, the price of the token compared to TVL. Phantom's TVL is way over the market cap of the token. It's crazy. But anyways, don't sleep on those. All right. Well, hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to get to hang out with my wife for about an hour or so. Before we get <laughs> it's been fun, man. I'm, I'm going to have a good show tomorrow. It's going to be more just a chill show. I think maybe a team or two will stop by. But, yeah, I'm going to have it more just open discussion as, as opposed to having four teams go on. And I'm – I'm on uh, Twitter for four hours on a Sunday. So have a good one, Haas. Thanks for stopping. Yeah, me, man. Bro. Good, good stuff, man. Yeah. Good show. Later, oh, before, you leave, before you leave, Haas. Today's Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh! I thought you said Sunday. I thought you said Sunday. No, I have a show on Sundays. He's talking about tomorrow's show. Oh, I, oh, I host a oh, show on Sundays. Yeah, I guess I have, I'm the drunk one. My bad. No, I am too, but I host a show on Sundays at, uh, well, noon Eastern, so 16 UTC. It goes no less than like two and a half hours, but I was just saying that I'm going to go hang out with my wife because i kind of been neglecting her the last few hours. So, yeah, it's, it's been, no, it's been fine, man. Like, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to further conversating about these topics and more maybe tomorrow. And uh, you guys all have a good night. And thanks for stopping by the show. Appreciate you. Sweet, man. Thanks for having Jeez. me. Did we ever get the diesel? For anyone that cares, by the way, um, I, I would say that if BTC reverses here in the next um, day or two, um, then you probably ought to see like the market just rip upwards. Um, the reason I say that is because this is like, let's see, one, two, three. This is like the one, two, three, four, like fourth higher low if we reverse here and the odds that um, 
the market will just skyrocket after that is pretty strong going through summer and towards Ooh. the end of the year. So you might want to keep an eye on the next few weeks. Yeah, if you haven't... Uh, Luna, Luna summer's coming, right? Yeah, yeah, and if you haven't loaded up on your BTC under the 200-day moving average, um, I, I suspect that time will come to an end before too long because it's been almost like, a, yeah, I don't know, it's getting close to a year. <laughs> so uh, um, where we've been kind of like just slipping under the 200-day. So something to keep in mind, keep an eye out for. Yeah, Luna's Thanks done the- this three times too. Um, like it literally went from $20 to $5 and then it went from a hundred dollars to about $40. And now we just went from one twenty to like 90 bucks. So yeah, this either little, the bottom's this in or we got like 5%. Yeah. This little ascending accumulation, um, sort of like, uh, on the log scale for Luna looks just kind of hyper bullish. So I've been waiting for quite some time for the just the extraordinary like you know mega parabolic to like four hundred bucks or something like that you know where it just just it leaves the entire trading range behind and it's one of those have fun staying poor mo- moments if you're like if it's uh, already occurred <laughs> but it's, if, if the overall BTC market rips um, uh, obviously sort of like leverage in the system will become a wash and um, mainly the top projects will. Um, will will really kind of take off, I think. I, I but I think uh, a lot of the general retail folks, um, there's a lot of folks that have been wiped out and lots of coins. So I think uh, the, the things that will move are going to be it's the the really high quality projects, not necessarily just every random shit coin that you happen to have like stuck in your wallet left. <laughs> so um, I think this year will be like uh, the through the end of the year. I think flight to quality will be the theme. Um, and you'll see the big, the big, you know, useful projects, the osmosises and the, you know, whatever, you know, like all, all anything that has any like half a brain behind it um, will probably go do well. <laughs> and, and the stuff that's been struggling will keep struggling. Thanks, Effie, for the TA update. Um, yeah, Diesel, did we get to you? If not, we'll go to Sandy and then we'll go to um, Lily. So I'll, Diesel, I'll let ahead. Sandy go ahead. I don't really have a question. I was just saying hi. All right. Thanks, dude. Sandy, what's going on? Hi, Diesel. Hi, everybody. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, ladies. Thank you so much for the information and for discussing my question. And the discussion around blockchains and their utilities and IBC, I mean, it's just like there's sparks going on in my head. And so one of the things I realized, you're saying people can have blockchains for so many things. So imagine people who are migrant workers or day laborers, you know, they will have their own blockchain to get to the farms where they need to work on. I feel like blockchain is going to not just change how we deal with money, but it, it changes labor. So the, yeah, the implications, actually, yeah, you, you know, you might want Craigslist. to follow. Yeah. That's sort of like Do Kwan's big project right now, by the way. So the founder of Terra is like, uh, like, I don't know if you want to call it a side project or main project now is about looking at uh, time and labor markets. And I think what he's uh, looking at first from the conversations he's had is he's looking at specifically like aligning uh, software developers with projects. But like you said, it could be almost anything. The only thing I would, uh, the only caution, and you know, I don't know if I told him this or not, but the only caution is that, there's a reason why like 
governments sort of get involved to prevent things like child labor and things of that nature. And the problem is, is that when you have like unreg totally unregulated markets, it um, opens up for some serious exploitation problems. So something to be aware of, but not saying you can't, you know, you can't find useful applications. It's just, there's a lot of dangers associated with it. And I used to see this back in the nineties when video game gold um, was like mined by like prisoners and children and shit in Asia. So you can sell it on eBay. <laughs> so I've actually seen it already happen um, in the past. And it, um, it, you get these weird, like perverse outcomes sometimes um, with some of these things. <laughs> well, of course I totally see that point, but then I was just thinking more industry wise, how blockchains, for example, if you're in pharmaceutical, you're a lab, technician and you're looking for uh, you know by the way the devil's everywhere so i'm not gonna question you know yeah hey, you're right is, is the <laughs> devil not gonna be in web3 and blockchain of course probably gonna have the best blockchain where everybody's gonna go and i'm just kidding but no i, I was just thinking, it, <laughs> i was thinking industry wise oh, <laughs> anyway sam so that that's what I was thinking is that these blockchains are going to answer some big questions and open um, different uh, things that we haven't even imagined. Like if you're a lab technician, you're you're going to be on this blockchain where you're going to be able to find positions globally. It's going to make everything so much more efficient as we have these different blockchains. And by the way, the side chain thing was something I was trying to understand about scaling and why some people are like, well, you know, Ledger is really, you know, the the uh, XRP Ledger. This is this is what the banks have been using. This system is good. So I'm trying to understand all the different blockchains and their benefits and their applications. And of course, one size does not fit all. And so thank you for discussing that. And um, you've opened my eyes to all kinds of possibilities. And yes, of course, you know, if you've got a labor market on the blockchain, that's something that's going to be looked at. But you know what? I think at the same time, it'll also, because it is there, will be more visible. People will be able to spot you better if you are a, back a bad actor in the space. For example, like, you know, just what happened with Juno, something went wrong, right? And then, yeah, everything came to a halt, but then everything got fixed real quick too. So yeah, on the one hand, things can get really crazy, but at the same time, things can work out to be even uh, better and, and more efficient. So like, if, like think about, like I'm thinking about endangered animals, right? Like how the black market and the, the, the bad actors who are dealing in human trafficking and drugs and weapons are also dealing in endangered animals. So I was seeing this in Costa Rica when I was going to these sanctuaries where they, you know, where the DEA does these drug busts, they find, you know, uh, all these animals in coolers and stuff. So while the world is changing and people are figuring out how to manipulate and be bad and take advantage. At the same time, we have really intelligent people who are creating systems of checks and balances. So to witness all of this at the same time happening is really just amazing. And, you know, and I come from the old days. I learned how to type on an electric typewriter. So as I watch and educate myself, and, and I had email in 1991. So I, I was lucky that I was a little secretary while I was trying to find my work in 
molecular biology, I got exposed to technology. And that's when my mind blew up and I learned about email and websites. And after that, I was hooked. So I think this, you know, blockchain technology is exciting. And I just want to add one more thing. I know I'm running on a bit, but I've been listening to you guys and there's so much thing. And I just want to add what's happening is there's a huge population of artists and NFTs. Okay. And all these people are running around in a circle, looking at each other, who's selling what, and nobody is looking at taking 10% of their income and putting it in these DeFi and putting it into the osmosis chain and putting it in this IBC. And you know what? I think we're at the perfect junction because now we're at a point where we can tell these artists, Hey, look, there's all kinds of projects, whether you like secret, you like crypto, you know, com, or you like stargaze, whatever you're jiving with, there's like a one-stop shop where you can take a percentage of your earnings from your NFTs and invest these things. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm really interested in because I'm seeing in the Twitter spaces, people taking their money that they just made a sale and then they're going to turn around and buy a whole bunch more NFTs. And I want them to say, I'm going to put 10% of that aside for my coins and and then I'm and then I want them to learn about these airdrops. And I didn't know I didn't have airdrops either. I didn't come into osmosis with the airdrops, but I learned real quick and I got in before osmosis reached two dollars. And I just learned all that and I think it's fabulous. So it's exciting to be here and I want to be a part of the cosmos and the and the and the IBC and, and all this that's happening because the NFT people and by the way, it's really hard to get them to look away for a moment. They are really deep into their struggles and the world is going through a lot. And the people who have not been in crypto and are artists and they've just managed to learn the technology of how to have a wallet, how to mint and how to do these things. Many of them haven't even taken five minutes to look at the crypto and the important part. And it is time we bring their eyes here. So I also want to say shout out to the crypto ladies on cosmos and um, they're, they're awesome and and we we won some coins we won some star coins and womenverse has officially created a separate kepler wallet on a new laptop and i'm gonna and you know what i can't believe somebody some of the people said this they're like oh can you turn that into tezos and i just laughed i said no 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 we're not doing that <laughs> that's no no we're not doing that just slow down a bit we're here in this system and we're going to stake these coins and you're all going to see what happens. So this is a group thing I'm doing. And I'm going to hold some spaces and show them about IBC, show them this Kepler wallet, show them these coins and bring their eyes a little further back to where you guys are at. And by the way, they, you know, you guys, they, they came into the space and they, they didn't even know what Cosmos was or Adam was. And in your lingo, you were all talking about IBC, IBC. They didn't even know what IBC was. So thank you for slowing down a little bit and just saying a few words about that in that previous space where we had Stargaze and some of the other spaces. Thank you very much. And I'm going to go back to listening. And because you are giving me so much information, I appreciate every single one of you and everything you're bringing to the blockchains. Thank you very much, Sandy. And for those that are trying to get into, you know, learning more about NFTs, now there you have it. Sandy is one of the, I guess, the best ladies that I know out there that knows all about NFTs. <laughs> and she's laughing, but it's honestly true. Yeah, and what you're saying about, you know, like artists getting more into like the financial side of things, 
I think that's pretty like something that's needed too. Like how do you sustain your income? But something that's coming like, you know, in the next few weeks is interchain accounts. And like, that's going to allow, open up like a whole new, you know, set of things that you can do. Like, for example, you could, you know, take an NFT on Stargaze and then send it over to Osmosis and then fractionalize it into like a thousand pieces. And then take one of those pieces and move it to Yumi Chain, where you can then use it as collateral to borrow or do other things, right? So, like, we'll open up a whole new doors to what you can do with NFTs, like um, with inter uh, interchain interactions using um, interchain accounts. So, I'm pretty excited for that, and because IBC is just for token transfers right now. Um, and you were talking earlier how you're early to the internet. It, it, IBC reminds me of like you know TCP, how you scale horizontally instead of vertically on one chain. You have a bunch of chains and then have them talk to each other with the protocol. But um, it's very similar to the you know what you experienced in the '90s. Yeah, I had a bed and breakfast on the Big Island of Hawaii, and I had dial-up internet. But I had ads, and I had guests from around the world because I made use of that internet. And it used to take forever to be able to send emails. But you know what? That's okay. I get it. You know, I, and I had Pong, too. I played the video game Pong. That was like, I can't believe how many hours I sat and played Pong as a little 11-year-old. So I can see how the technology is moving and becoming efficient. And I can't wait for all these wallets. Like you said, you guys talk about the wallets, and that is a huge thing. And, and like you said, it is very discouraging. I have not gone into a lot of other things. Oh, I need another wallet. Oh, my God. More seed phrases. Expose myself. I'm good. I'm just going to stay here with osmosis. And you know what? Yeah, yeah like imagine if That's imagine it. if you can just use your Atom wallet to sign transactions on all the other wallets. Like you don't have to switch wallets each chain that you use. You just get to use one. That would make everything so much better to onboard people, Diesel. I can't and that's wait. what Emirates is, is. It's coming. Very excited. Super excited, bro. Super, super excited. Thank you for that accounts. news. Oh, my God. That news, what you said about what the NFTs and you're going to be able to fractionize it. I, I just like fell down and just said a prayer to the stars and heavens. That's amazing. I mean, that's just mind boggling, guys. Yeah, and, and I can't wait can to see that. Perpetual price, like trading the floor prices of things like there's lots of new things that people are building around nfts it's pretty cool a lot of exciting things are coming sandy especially in the uh nft you know side of things and you know what we're going to translate this into other languages too i've got farsi speaking people who are very proficient and they've already asked me to hold spaces so these people are ready to receive this information and we're we're, we're going to do this and all of a sudden it's just going to go boom and blow up and like you said oh by the way thank you for that information about bitcoin i feel like bitcoin's itching to jump so yeah i, I would have to agree with you when watching it and i i got bitcoin way back many years ago so thank you lily what's going on lily you had a question yeah, good evening, good morning to everybody out there. I hope everybody's doing good. Um, uh, hey, Seth, I have a, a question for you. I've been keeping up with you. I know you're real knowledgeable. have a lot of um, uh, good information over there. But at the same Shoot, time, go ahead. I'm listening to you on uh, Luna accumulating for a while. And the thing is, is in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm watching this reverse flow chart. And it looks like what we're heading to is something different. But at the same time, I know that, that Luna's operating on different parameters. It's got its own brakes and everything like that. Could you guide me on anything like that? Could you 
like speak to me about anything? Well, uh, first of all, I think it is important for maybe hit your mic mute because I think it's feedbacking on me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I would say like when it my view on just like price action generally is number one, A, you can't see the future. It doesn't matter what you think you see in a chart. Um, there, it, there is no astrology. There is no special sauce. There's no magic. There's nothing. There's literally, you're just looking at just little lines going up and down. So, you know, some of the things I think that are valuable piece of information um, when it comes to um, the way price discovery works is, uh, and this is probably useful for anybody here watching anything, is that what you're looking for ultimately is the establishment of volume over time. Those are really the only two sort of parameters for you know, like price discovery. So for example, if Luna, as an example here, spends a lot of time in the uh, $90 to $100, $120 range and spends several months building sort of like uh, buys and sells in that range, then eventually that becomes the value of that asset in theory, right? Assuming all other fundamentals are equivalent. So um, I think if you just kind of think about it from the angle of, okay, we already know what a top looks like for Bitcoin or Luna. And we know where like a bottom could be what zero, I suppose, but you know, it's unlikely. Um, and then somewhere in between. So then you say, well, okay, where are, where's the maximum value at any given price? And um and that's what I consider like volume floors. You, you, you eventually create a floor where it's just irrational. Say, for example, like Apple stock is things like $170 today. What are the odds that it's going to go to $20 by tomorrow? Like pretty much near zero, right? But is there an odds that it can go from 170 to 165? Yeah, sure. So it's all about a mixture of like probability, fundamentals. Um, it's, uh, and, and you kind of like pick a range. And and you shouldn't get too caught up in predicting like uh, perfect prices on anything. That's that's a really good way to think about these things. Like take I out. Not, sorry, uh, just sorry to cut you off for just one yeah, second. My sure. name is Sam, and uh, I just came to tell y'all that NFTs are a thing. Damn, that was quick. Do you guys like that? No. <laughs> no. Do you guys like that? Y'all like that? Huh? <laughs> Trolling in there. Dude, that was pretty saucy. I like that. Like, that was, that was a ninja kick right there. <laughs> no, but anyway, what I was going to say is like when it comes to just like basic technical. So when um, don't get too caught up in um, trying to make perfect predictions. Um, typically, you know, like take your Adam chart today, um, since a lot of people probably own Adam here. Um, again, it's continuing to make higher lows, and it's built up a tremendous volume floor at this price. So. Like if you were to ask me, is this a good time for Adam uh, in terms of like, do I think it's more likely to have downside or upside? Just judging by the price action, it'd be more likely to have upside from here is my guess. So um, again, that's just, you know, my take on that. But um, so, yeah, I mean, we've been at $25 at, for like a year and a half. Well, yeah, exactly. So it's like <laughs> it had plenty of opportunity to go lower. And it's also created uh, higher lows too over the period of this last like six months, right? So it's sort of done its thing and whatever sell pressure there's gonna be, um, including like the inflation of the coin and everything, 
it sort of established itself to some extent. And then fundamentals would be, okay, like, all right, are we getting shared security? Are we getting, um, you know, other elements that are coming um, to, um, you know, like bullish catalysts and such? And if the answer to that is yes, and then technically speaking, you've sort of like triple bottomed or create higher lows. Well, then great. Like, you know, your sort of technical setup is about where it needs to be, right? As opposed to, let's say you have a big run up from Adam of like now to, let's say it goes to a hundred bucks. Well, at a hundred bucks, it's going to be a lot more dicey, right? Like until it spends again, uh, you know, a year or two, um, like building up some uh, volume at those levels. It'd be no different than if like, like the NFT folks understand this, like, or like, let's say I had a Pokemon card, right? And I um, were to sell you a Pokemon for a hundred dollars. Then you go and turn around and sell that sucker to somebody for like $10,000. All right. Like, what are the odds that, um, you know, you're going to be able to then turn around and sell that for $9,000? It's just not that good because you went from 100 to 10,000 and the, um, there's no price discovery in between, right? So you talk about an NFT community is like, where's the floor price, right? And then eventually, once people decide, hey, you know what? It looks like no one's selling below the floor price, then things can go up again, right? But it takes time. It takes what? A few months, six months, whatever that is, to form kind of a bottom where everyone's convinced, okay, I don't think it's going to go down anymore. I'm going to go, you know, sweep the floor and buy a bunch of NFTs, right? It's the same thing with crypto. It's the same thing with stocks. It doesn't matter what it is. Like you just look at it from the angle of, Everyone else wants to be sure nobody else is going to dump on them, right? So, so you get to a point where things have flattened out, um, and that's generally a good time to be kind of picking off uh, and and grabbing crypto or whatever. Uh, so it's just one when it's cycle most boring. of accumulation and then like distribution or selling. Uh, you know, it's just cycles of yeah, people of accumulating over and over again. Yeah, the presumption is you know there's going to be some hodlers, right? There's going to be some hardcore Adam folks that stake forever. There's going to be hardcore Luna folks that do the same. And there's going to be people that keep on adding to their stash, you know, regardless of price. There's going to be people that DCAing, so all sorts of folks are out there. And then, um, then you'll have the people that just want to like buy low, sell high, and and trade. And you have makers. like all sorts. You also have a whole bunch of bots running, you know, right? Like buying and selling things just you know to take profit twenty four seven, and all that's good. It's all it makes a market, and it, it the more people that are buying and selling the more likely that when you want to sell, there's going to be someone to on the other side to buy from you, right? So that's just how a market is created. And um, I, I, I think it's important to focus less on like, hey, is Luna going to go to 200 tomorrow or it's going to go to 70 tomorrow? And all you have to ask yourself is, if it's going to go to 70, what am I going to do? Am I going to buy more? You know, am I at risk? Because you know what, like I, I, you know, I took on too much leverage and I, I bought this thing right now. Um, you know, so you have to think about your risk, think about your timing, all those kinds of things and, um, focus less about like, when am I going to get rich? And first off, like, what am I going to do if price goes this way? What am I going to do if it goes that way? And just have whatever plan for yourself that that's going to be. And don't let people like, you know, judge you if you want to sell something or like judge you if you, you know, <laughs> like you bought too high or something like that. Everyone buys too high like if like it's not a big deal like you just just have to have a plan for that too cool hopefully that answers your question i'm not sure i did maybe you just rambled on <laughs> if you need any more specific answer uh certainly ask ask a question <laughs> that was great advice
Thank you, Sethi. Well, we've been in this uh, space for what, over three hours now? Almost three hours. Just a quick reminder, we still have that giveaway going on right now in our Discord. So please take the time to, you know, head over there and participate. And, hey, appreciate uh, yeah, just, you guys' time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hey, so Sefi, I had a question. So with Luna starting to acquire this kind of reserve of all these different uh, other cryptos as well, do you think this is the start of the move away from dollar pegged stable coins and maybe the creation of like a new state like stable coin that's pegged to those basket the basket of baskets rather than the dollar? Um, not really. Um, I, I think uh, there will be those types of coins, by the way, like Silk, for example, I think does something like that. Um, I think what there's not like most people, they simply want a denomination they can recognize. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess at some point in the future, some internet native stable is going to be like the norm. And uh, like, you won't even think twice about it. Um, but I think for now, like the, the main reason why uh, UST matters um, or for that matter, EUT, like European or GBT for, for UK, things like that. Ultimately, why those things matter is because just the general public prefers to interact with these things. It's one thing to say like DeFi natives, you know, are going to be comfortable with an internet pegged stable coin of some kind where it's like just, you know, pegged to like global temperature or something like that, something arbitrary. And um, you would just use that for everything. But if you're going to go buy something at the grocery store, I, I, like, you know, I, again, if you're if you have pretty good abstract thinking, which probably like 20 percent of the human race does, you probably could like buy you know coffee with an unstable coin and be happy about it. But the reality is, like, most businesses don't want to do that. Think about it this way. Like, if you're a business, um, you've got to pay expenses in the denomination of your particular country you're not wanting to take forex risk or exchange risk on top of the fact that you know you like you have to have a complicated profit and loss statement and doing your taxes is miserable so this is the reason why like businesses are not you know they can make a big play for hey you know we're going to accept bitcoin and um you know how, like what's going on right now like, uh, hey, yeah, like we're all going to accept Bitcoin. But really what they're saying is, is that, hey, we just want you to buy a Big Mac right now. And like, you know, we <laughs> we we think uh, all you Bitcoin people are rich and therefore um, we want you to spend your Bitcoin on us. But it's more of a marketing play because it's a pain in the ass as a business. If any of you guys run businesses, like if someone paid you in stock or some shit, like you have a whole nother realm of accounting to do. Um, and it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like it just doesn't, especially if like, like if I'm going to buy coffee, right? Like, if, like um, you know, and, and you've got a, here's a funny example. Like, so I've got a debit card, I've got a, like a Coinbase debit card and that sucker pays you cashback rewards in like graph or XLM or something. Right. Like it's pretty, got good cashback rewards, like 4% cashback. Right. Which is really good. But it's it's funny because like when graph tokens is really running high, you're like, wait a minute, do I really want to be buying coffee with this card? You know, like because uh, you want to be buying low, right? So you know, when the token's low, it's like, okay, Starbucks is good. You know, when when it's not good, <laughs> you know, like I'm just buying high for no apparent reason. Like, why am I using this card? 
that's how it makes you think right uh when can you change what you get paid in like will it change it instantly for that coinbase card yeah you you can but like you see my point though like the point the the point here is not the coinbase card but the fact that like you're going to be thinking about what you're going to be buying what you're going to be spending and think about if you're a business right who wants to be the business that accepts like bitcoin at the top and then the thing dumps like 50 percent, and then you've got to like pay your bills and shit with that money right it just makes no sense whatsoever so it makes sense to accept it an unstable coin if like you're going to hold that as an asset for some long period of time but i mean if you understand how most businesses work i mean like 90 percent of businesses operate on today's cash flow right and and small businesses around the globe you're talking about like several days worth of cash flow right people aren't like most of the world is not just like asset rich as far as businesses are concerned, right? That's that's part of the reason why um, like uh, Doe and Terraform Labs sort of like went with the stablecoin infrastructure because it was deemed like silly that you're going to expect a business to accept unstable coins or even pegs that are not like well understood or known, right? Like even if you do have a, an internet stab peg, uh, I'm sorry, internet pegged stable coin uh i said pegel coin um you would you'd still wind up with the confusion of wait what is that worth relative to the dollar and like okay am i paying more or less for my coffee you still have the same problem right it's no different than if you were to accept euros in the united states or something and um you're confused about what exactly you know the the exchange rate is like if you go to argentina for example and you go to eat um like <laughs> the currency fluctuates so much that like there's a there's a chalkboard you know how you go to you know coffee shop and there's like a chalkboard with some cute shit on it and you know how like you're like oh look they took a lot of nice time to make some beautiful art and like you know chalk art and all that shit and you're like oh it's kind of cute but in argentina they do it because the the currency varies so much that they have to change the price of the shit every day because like the sandwich may be worth a different amount today than yesterday and this is what would end up happening with like if you accept btc or something like that like you're always going to have constantly changing prices, right? And it just doesn't make sense. And I, I think it makes sense maybe to some extent if you're really going to just convert that over to cash immediately. But then why accept Bitcoin at all, right? It doesn't make any sense. That's kind of the theory here. So yeah, maybe I mean, that's a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> and just to add on to that, Bitcoin originally was supposed to be peer-to-peer cash. And a bunch of businesses used to accept it actually back in the day. But now it's kind of failed at that and stuck to the store value narrative. Yeah, it's well, you can you can accept Bitcoin in all sorts of ways. Like you can put Bitcoin, BitPay, for example, um, like on Shopify and other other like um e-commerce applications and such but like almost nobody uses it like we had a company running that forever and like nobody sent any money by a bitcoin with for buying whatever products on the site it just didn't happen yeah like like in 2014 maybe you know like that's what i'm saying like back then people actually used to hold it and accept it and you know because it was early days but now it's not so but it was much such, but it was like such party. small amounts right it was more just it was more symbolic than anything right yeah sure but i'm just saying like it, it didn't really succeed in its vision of becoming peer-to-peer cash and now you have to have third parties and trust third parties you know to convert it for you and you know but that's why i like ust it's truly like cash yeah i like the idea that was provided um when udi and um doe did that like um 
AMA or Twitter spaces or whatever you want to call it. And um, someone brought up the idea of, hey, what happens if you just have UST on Lightning Network and people can just swap, um, you know, Bitcoin for uh, UST? Um, I like what um, ThorChain's doing because, like, let's say you have BTC and you want to hold that as a store of value. You're not interested in selling it to buy Starbucks or whatever. You could basically borrow off of it um, on a whim, and basically, um, that's going to be possible with ThorFi and all those kind of features. And then you can just take your UST um, that you borrowed, and you do whatever the hell you want with it, or any other coin you want to borrow off of there. So that's a very interesting application for um, Bitcoin, in that you're still in a native BTC wallet, uh, and you can. Uh, park your Bitcoin there and you can earn yield off of it for one. And then ultimately you could also borrow off of it to then get UST. So you don't, you can still keep your BTC exposure, but then um, like for, for example, <coughs> um, depending on the price of BTC, you may not want to spend your Bitcoin, right? You may want to actually borrow off of it because um, you think the price is low and it's going to go up, right? Or the other way around. So you could basically um, have better options for your store of value in terms of how you want to use it. And I think that's really powerful. It's, it's actually sad that at the Bitcoin conference, um, people were like booing uh, Chad Bereford with ThirdChain. They went up there to talk about like integrating uh, BTC into, um, you, you know, how, how BTC integrates into Thor and how, hey like, Seth, do you, uh, sorry to interrupt. Do you have? Yeah. Can you DM me a link to that? Um, I was there. I just didn't hear him talk. So, oh, if you, I, DM you know me what? That, I, cool. I don't have the link. It was just that there was just like multiple posts about it. Uh, people talking about this, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 yeah, we should get Chad on and like tell have him tell us his experience. But it's, but yeah, it's just kind of sad that like that. That's how you'd want to use Bitcoin essentially is create more of a store of value. And then you have a various currencies that um, are stable coins that could be used um, against that. And um, so I think that's what the direction does going with Terra. I think um, like the way all of this plays out is that if you look at osmosis, you look at their chain and you look at uh, Bitcoin as the largest sort of liquidity pool in crypto, um, and then Ethereum, obviously, like that just creates a tremendous amount of money flow into things like Osmosis, into all of the Cosmos based chains. Um, so UST and Bitcoin, ThorChain, these are all like the gateway drug or not the gateway, but like the gateway into, um, into you know, pulling massive amounts of liquidity into various Osmosis chains. I think it's really cool. Uh, and then you look at Rango, like which is a an aggregator, right? I don't know if you guys have used Rango, but it lets you kind of like um, pick what coin you want, what coin you want to convert it to, and then it will take it through like Thorchain, it'll take it through uh, Osmosis, it'll take it through Terra, you know, Astroport, whatever, you know, and it'll they connect it to everything, and then your coin goes from one thing to the other, which is what you ultimately want, right? And it does that with relatively low fees and kind of routes. And attempts to find the best route to get you the coin that you want, um, like automatic, automatically or whatever. So, if you haven't tried that, check it out and see what it does. Pretty cool stuff. Anyway, yeah, these are the kind of innovations that I think that the Bitcoin crowd's going to love, and like you'll be able to engage more 
like the more of this kind of stuff is available, the more like Cosmos folks will be able to engage people from BTC or ETH. Um, and yeah, it's about providing people with new advantages, right? It's not about like, um, you know, telling people that Ethereum is not good enough or whatever. It's about what can we do for people that are on Ethereum now that they can't do already. And like, uh, you know, what is the, what is the killer app? What is the product that is being produced here? that maybe like those people might want to explore where they can get additional utility. These are the kind of things, you know, people need. So anyway. Yeah, Sefi, one thing it's I always find amazing is that a lot of the, the hardcore Bitcoin maxis, like it's kind of like they're li trying, they're living in, you know, 2072, like they're trying to live in the future where they, they feel, you know, Bitcoin's going to be this, what it, what, what they want it to be, you know, peer to peer, but it's, it's kind of like they don't understand how stable coins can bridge that gap. It, like, like especially algorithmic stable coins is what it needs to be. You know, it needs to be the the, the slow transition away from the dollar. You know, we, we we all understand what's happening with the U.S. dollar, but it is what it is. It's the world reserve currency, and reserve currencies usually last between 100 and 125 years, and then they they you know they fall in power with the power behind them. But I just find it amazing how a lot of Bitcoin maxis are just so anti-stablecoin. What are your, Mayor Ed, what are your thoughts on the Reflexer and like Rye? Have you heard of that or looked into that? I have not heard, heard of, are those, I have not heard of those protocols, no. It'll take a look, look them up, but um, it's like the first stablecoin on Ethereum that isn't pegged to anything. Mm -hmm. So it keeps a price of around like $3 or something, but it's not pegged to the dollar. It's just backed by ETH. I think that would be an interesting design for like the thing that Seth, you mentioned with um, Doe and UD Space, where they talked about how you could use Bitcoin as a store of value to issue stable coins. You could have like, you know, this entire thing, it's called control theory, and you'd have an algorithm essentially find the price. Uh, but look up Rye and Reflexor. It's pretty cool, like model how it works. It's not pegged to anything, and so it's the most unique stablecoin that I've ever seen. It, is it R I or R? How's it spelled? Oh, it's Rye, R A I, like a play on die. R A I, got it. Yeah, Rye by made by the Reflexor team. It's really cool stuff. It's like control theory for parameters. Um, it's all automated, so don't have to rely on anybody. But it's not pegged to anything. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, I th I just think it's it's just a fascinating time as far as where where we are because with the evolution of the internet, it's the world is connected like it's never have been ever before in human human history. Like, I mean, it's, you can you can court. I mean, look what we're doing now. We're in a space with like seventy five, eighty people, and these eighty people could be from all over the world, and we're just sitting here talking to each other on a on a Saturday night. Like, it's just technology has changed just where we are as you know as a society and it's like to have a unit of exchange that can be you know a sound using unit of exchange is not going to inflate inflate away and is not controlled by a central bank or you know a group of you know wall street insiders it's I mean, I mean if doe can pull this off and if Tara can pull this off and if you know if if you know, a, a lot of the Bitcoin people can just understand, like, let's not be so toxic towards each other. It, because, I mean, I just feel that's what the way crypto needs to go. 
you know, it's like, let's not just be, let's not be toxic towards each other. And we have, although to- I, did you guys see that, that video I posted, um, you know, where Steve jobs, um, is kind of addressing some of the heck- hecklers. This is back in the, when was this? This is the nineties. You just posted uh, that day, right? Yeah. I kind of, I, I sort of like posted it to doe just so he kind of like, <laughs> cause this is kind of like the situation he's in, but basically you will always have people heckling you, right? Like there'll always be someone that's naysayers to say that something can't work. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's just an endless battle. So, you know, the windows people thought Mac sucked. And then, you know, then the, you know, the iPhone people thought the Android sucked and it just kind of go, you know, right. And so, and sometimes there were things that did just fall apart, like Nokia phones, right? Like what the, where the hell they go? Like, I don't know. Right. So you have a lot of examples of things that kind of came and went. Uh, you have things that um, people thought they wouldn't do as well as they would. And then they did much better. Um, it's just a big evolution. And I think, um, you know, it's weird. Like it, it would be weird how, you know, how like um, the, so for example, if I'm a Bitcoin maxi, um, that's great and everything. But in other words, you're saying Bitcoin's a technical advancement again, as opposed to these other things. But then when other computational advancements happen, they're, they're stupid like you said the entire concept is idiotic basically yeah it makes no sense at all (laughs) yeah so but there yeah that cult-like attitude but there's also a feeling like oh wait if we agree then um you know like not enough people are going to buy bitcoin and therefore my my um investment is not going to go up in value so there's definitely that psychology of previous investment that goes into that as well Exactly, bro. That's the way I see it. I see it more of a of a cult. I've always said that it was more of a cult. And well, Mayor, it's, you were cult of money. The cult of money is more powerful. Do you remember right? VHS and Betamax? I was. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember VHS and Betamax, and the people that had Betamax, man, they thought that was it. They thought That's that the funny was thing be is, the system. Be, be, Betamax that? was good, actually, except that VHS took over. Like, <laughs> just they won. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, block, where's Blockbuster now? And both of them are gone, right? Like, so it's neither here nor there. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't matter who won the war because they're both dead now. <laughs> but at the time when you're stuck in the middle of it and you're so sure that that's it, you're not looking to the future for what's next. So I've learned not to be like that and not to think that you know everything and that's it. Because sometimes, like you said, the best things don't end up being what everybody has. Yeah, it's funny because like in a room this size, like you can come up with at least a dozen ideas that are better than many of the existing things, right? It's just simply a matter of implementation and creation. It just hasn't been done yet. But it's uh, like we've had many ideas just in the course of like today that, you know, that haven't been implemented yet, that we wish we had them and they're not there yet, right? And they certainly aren't there on necessarily on Ethereum or Bitcoin either, right? They're just not the things we want just aren't there yet. They have been created and we know they can be though. It's not even a technological problem. So yeah, those gaps will be filled in for sure. Like any, anything that can, can be done probably will be done at some point or the other. Do you guys know the history of the telephone and AT&T? And there is a story of a genius and what happened with him and how he, he, there was a genius (laughs) and he was put in jail 
he refused to sign over his patents and his technology over to AT&T. And I actually cried when I watched his life story and what ended up happening to him because I feel like we should have had cell phones like way before we did that there was like, there's like wicked forces that don't want you to have what's best technology. And so, and then they make a documentary about it 80 years later and you're like, dang, these wicked people who, you know, where, where their livelihood becomes threatened or if they feel like you're going to make gains and if they can't own you and control you, they just snuff you out. So blockchain is different because you don't need warehouses and things. So th this space is so different than what's happened in the real world. And I just don't think people really understand the significance of that yet. Well, yeah. And the question is, is though, well, will it gain mass adoption you know because it, it's like we've talked about before and if if apple or google were to implement you know crypto into their google pay or the 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 apple pay then then that's that's the game changer that can take it to you know 50 million people or 100 million people you know it's so it, I, I i agree with you Sandy. there there are there's it's power it's power it's like people in power are not going to let go of that power very easily. So, you know, you have to build it from the ground up, I guess, you know, and that's what a lot of these developers are trying to do. So do you think it'll be like what the railroad industry did? Uh, I'm sorry, what the car industry did to the railroad industry, because they didn't want tracks, they wanted to have freeways built, there wasn't, there needed to be money made. So they, the, the car industry bought up pretty much, you know, ownership and of the railroad industry so that they develop the car industry, make the freeways, the gasoline people could make their money and the car industry could flourish the way it did. So I'm wondering what will happen with blockchain Are certain industries that are going to become threatened. Are they going to buy up the developers, the blockchains and going to try to hold stuff back from innovation? Are we going to see that? I mean, it, it's happening right now. I mean, there's disruptive technology will always disrupt, but, from my understanding, J.P. Morgan Chase is—they're running their own private blockchains. Like J.P. Morgan Chase is is experimenting with blockchain technology. They're just—they're just running it in a lab privately, just to see what they can do and what, when they're going to roll it out. So I think the major banks in it—I mean, this is finance. Let's just be honest. You know, this is—we're talking about finance. We're talking about moving money around. And I think the the big banks, there's going to be some that adopt. And then there's going to be some that don't. And, and the ones that adopt, they're going to be able to leapfrog the other ones. I, I mean, I just really think it's it's all about technology and staying on the most cutting edge. I mean, because you have to think about it. People in traditional finance, we had uh, what DJN was, was talking about it the other day. He sold his house. And it took him 30 days to be able to move the cash from selling his house. Like, you know, and it's like that's. It's crazy to be able to, I mean, to sell a piece of property. Yeah, I get it. You know, you're, you're dealing with deeds and, and property rights and all that stuff. But to finally, and he said once the cash got to his account, he still couldn't move it to where he wanted to. The bank sat on it for three days. But that's because they have to, whenever a bank transfers money, they have to wait three days to clear it, you know? And, and that's, that's, that's how blockchain technology is going to be able to leapfrog, you know, because it's, it's instant settlement. There it is. And that's the answer timeliness efficiency and security that's it and blockchain answers all of that but but you have to it's like we were talking about earlier it's like to get mass adoption it's got to be super user friendly 
you get you have to make it so simple that a five-year-old can use it you know like most five-year most like i mean i have a six-year-old you know he can he can pick up the ipad and get on his own app or do whatever he wants you know and i'm not, I'm not saying you want some six-year-old you know making a twenty thousand dollar wire transfer it's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is to get mass adoption the 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 big players have to be comfortable to where you know they can make it that simple because you know they don't want to 50,000 calls coming into their customer service AI, you know, saying, you know, what, what happened? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's just so many kinks that still need iron out, but, you know, I definitely feel, I definitely feel Cosmos and Terra is moving in the right direction as far as just trying to make it smooth, trying to make it user-friendly and trying to allow people to take the power of their own finances into their own hands and just, sidestep the banks yeah eventually i'd love to sidestep the banks but i think banks are going to be around for the next 50 years no matter what you know another another part of the conversation is about like what nation states are going to do you know to like for because they're also part of the resistance in terms of like they want to create their own central bank digital currencies and like in the uk they're working on one where essentially like they can control where you spend it. So if you're not vaccinated, you can't buy food at this store, et cetera. So like programmable money is essentially what the government's been working on for the past five, 10 years. Even the Bank of China has been using Tendermint in their experimentations. So like, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of central bank digital currencies this decade. And um, people ultimately have a choice whether they want to opt into that system or opt into a decentralized one. Yeah, and that's very interesting too. But and I, I mean, I hope privacy rights in the U.S. can can. I mean, I just hope most most people in the United States. I mean, I can I can only speak for the United States and North America and South America have more freedom than other people. I mean, I, I feel bad for people in China because for the government to be able to, I mean, from what I understand right now, like they can, China can like send people a speeding ticket or they just they just deduct the money out of their digital wallet like it's just crazy with that kind of power like you're talking severe surveillance state type power it's just yeah crazy yeah and that's what i think the really big problem is it's not these companies that are like scared of change if anything like they can just adapt like the, the ceo of youtube had an interview yesterday where she's like yeah i mean we know nfts are gonna essentially open up a lot of doors for small creators but we have to be a part of that process so like they're gonna adapt and you know try to become like get a slice of the pie essentially but i think the real problem here is the nation states yeah i i agree i mean and and there's you know some states have or some nations have more freedom than others it's i I, i'm concerned about europe and the way some of the legislation is going in europe a little bit but I mean, it, it is what it is. People, people have to fight for their freedom, you know, and, and it, it's if, if you don't, I, I feel I've used this analogy before. Freedom's like a muscle. If, if you don't exercise it, it's going to atrophy and you're slowly going to use it. So, you know, it's it is what it is. But, uh, you know, one day at a time, one, one day at a time. But this is a great space to be in. You know, it's, I'm not just talking crypto in, ge- in general. It's, you know, there are. Even within crypto, you know, there, there's a power struggle for sure. But that's why I like that's why I like Terra and I like the algorithmic stablecoin idea. And if you listen, if you follow some of Doquan's tr- tweets, he's like, we need more algorithmic stablecoins because decentralization is taking the power out of a centralized 
area and, and giving it to the people. You know, I mean, that's that's what decentralization is kind of all about. Yeah, and we we kind of already have pretty big CBDCs, essentially Tether and uh, USDC are like central bank digital currencies, right? They could be censored um, at any time. And since DAI's collateralization consists mostly of Tether and USDC, it's censorable money. Um, but that's why UST is so cool because it's the only other stable coin over $10 billion in value that can't be censored, right? And once it gets to this point where it's like, oh, too big to fail, and they've acquired so much other assets, like, you're, and you have the four pool, for example, like, it kind of cements itself as too big to fail, but it's the truly the only uh, stable coin that's decentralized and not censorable at this level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at some of the, just some of the things that's happened in the last couple of months, like just with Ukraine and, and people sending um, crypto to just donations to Ukraine. Like it's, it's, it's instant, it's fast, and it's a way to, you know, support a cause if, if you want to support it. But like in Canada, when people were trying to don- donate money to, the, you know, that political statement, you know, can it, Canada was like shutting down and, you know, like the, the GoFundMe corporation just took the funds. That you know? made me so bullish on Luna. I swear to God, I bought something yeah. like 50 bucks when I saw By that. the way. There was so much money raised on the Tezos blockchain with even artists who didn't have money to give. They had events where they created artwork and collectors bought them. I think I spent about 50 bucks buying different NFTs where all the money went towards Ukraine. And there were all kinds of projects. So, yeah, I saw that happening and it was all grassroots. It was all organic. So that definitely happened on the Tezos blockchain for sure. Yeah, and it, it's it's it, I I think the it, there's a fundamental right that you should be able to donate you know money to to whoever you want. And you know a lot of people say, well, what about bad actors and blah 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 and all that. It's like, look, you could cash can be used for for good or good or evil. It's a tool. It's just like a hammer. You can you can build a house or you can smash a window. You know, and it, it, it's, but it's just been eye opening just within the last, you know, six months of of the need for a freer open market of the ability to send your funds around the world whenever you want to, and not have a middleman being able to cut them off. Like the GoFundMe thing. I mean, no matter where you stand with, you know, the vaccine mandates and the mask and all that stuff. That that's not the point. The point is a private organization cut off those funds from point A to point B, you know? Yeah, like things are definitely going in a more authoritarian way. It's pretty scary. And uh, this is the only stuff that gives me hope, really, is this technology. And if we're going to try to win the next, you know, like economic boom, how we had with Silicon Valley, then I think we should try to keep this innovation here. I'm talking about the United States, but. Yeah, and and I see it even bigger as like North America and South America because I I really feel like you know a couple of people have said Sefi was saying Argentina and Brazil like they suffer from from our inflation you know if it people who don't get outside the U S very often like I I'll just be honest people in America are just comfortable and just way too cozy and comfortable because the inflation in Central America and South America, it's it's horrible what some of those people go through. You know, it's like it's just it's it's wrong. It's it's immoral. You know that they 
there's they don't have a sound cor- currency but that's the world we live in right now one one thing i'd like to add to that if i may is that what you just said so one thing about the value so if you're paying five dollars to buy a chicken at the grocery store in the united states the people in iran also have to pay equivalent of five dollars to buy that chicken which is really crazy because although you have to spend your money in like the dollar terms you don't have the income of that your minimum wage is not that so it's it's been this crazy thing where it's evened out where you have to buy in what you and I would pay, but the income has changed. And so that's why people grow their food or they don't eat, you know, the things we eat. So it's kind of crazy. When I went to Iran in 1997, I could buy a box of um, Fruit Loops for $10. There was a store that just sold cereal. That's all he sold was just different boxes of cereal. So it was weird that things that are not supposed to exist there because of all these sanctions are available. It's just everything's on the black market and, and it's even more expensive than you would pay for it here. So imagine that. Not only are they not making US dollars, but they'll have to pay for like $10 for a box of Cheerios if they wanted to have that kind of food. So there is some, yeah, the money has changed and this blockchain is bringing all kinds of opportunities where people can sell their art for different kinds of crypto. And they can create incomes and and these NFTs or these DeFi things have definitely are changing the world. Yeah, I I agree. And I've definitely heard in Africa that there's a lot of young artists that are, you know, selling, selling um, art and NFTs online and they're, they're accepting, um, you know, cryptocurrencies and it's, it's changing some people's lives in Africa too. So it's, it's interesting to see what's happening. It kind of gives you hope that you know this cross borders um financial system is is can circumvent you know a lot of things but you know it, it's it's slowly getting built out it, it's exciting but i definitely feel stable coins are going to be a big 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 part of it because the you know it's it is like i said that the stable coins do need to be backed by something that uh not 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 backs the world is still kind of based off the dollar, the U.S. dollar, and it's it, a slow transition is the best is the best transition. A fast transition would not be not be that great. <laughs> yeah, Andy, you really got to check out uh, Rye when you get a chance. I will. I will, Diesel. You, I I got it written down here. I want to. I, I want to check that out for sure, man. Sandy, you spoke earlier in a space about how in different countries they're starting to use more peer-to-peer payments. I, I forgot what country it was. Maybe it was Iran. And you've seen that, um, you've seen that firsthand? Yes, I know firsthand. I can report to you this is actually... Are you cut out there? Sorry. So Ethereum and Tezos are the two currencies or uh, coins you can actually change on the ground in Tehran, Iran, as of today. There are people in the bazaar that are doing that. So um, it's funny, people don't really change their Bitcoin. So, but artists who are, you know, want to have their projects funded or who are making money. So if you go look in the NFT space, you will see huge numbers of Iranians, not just Iranians, but Cubans, 
and people from Venezuela. In fact, this afternoon, I, I did a space. It's still Saturday here in California. I, I did a space, a Tezos collector space, where we help artists become better at their presentation and help them with technical stuff. And, um, and, and there was a bunch of artists, actually three to be exact, you can go listen to the recording, who had left OpenSea because they had been banned and they had uh, set up their artwork on the Tezos blockchain and they were shilling their art. And, you know, one of the things I kept telling most everybody was, hey, go spend one Tezos and get your domain name, get your domain name. And so these a lot of these artists are not tech savvy, but they're artistic. They've learned how to use their MetaMask wallet and now they have Tezos wallet. And now they're hearing me tell them about Cosmos. And they're like, well, when are you going to have a space? Yeah, we, we want to do that DeFi. We, we don't understand it, but we know we need to learn and do it. We don't really have time. So I'm not a financial advisor, but I've sort of siphoned everything, <laughs> you know, put, put everything through a strain. And honestly, people don't have attention span. And so Kepler is going to be all I need to explain to them. So I've brought people into the blockchain because immediately they could, you know, I could send them a Tezos, they could get set up and sell. And now I'm going to explain to them how they need to understand about DeFi and crypto and go look at YouTube videos and understand what is blockchain and how to handle these wallets. And then just get one more wallet. All you need is just get Kepler. So if these guys get their Kepler wallet and get into osmosis, which is like a video game, oh my God, I was so happy when I saw that osmosis so yeah that whole you know it's beautiful the colors and it's smooth and it's you know i could have a discord channel and bring all my artist friends and we could do it in farsi and then we could do it in spanish because the founder of womanverse doesn't understand about cosmos she's in venezuela and she's deep into the economical problems over there and trying to just keep her head above water economically and taking care of her family she doesn't have time to learn about all this stuff so and her english is not strong so her and i are talking and i have convinced her yeah we're going to go to cosmos and so she's happy we have this wallet and we have winnings and so yeah we're going to do it from spanish and english and then we're going to explain about osmosis because the kepler wallet is so user-friendly and from there we can say okay you know this is what you do. And you know what? It's going to be nice. I'm excited because I don't even have to tell them to go to Coinbase to buy anything. Because through the things you guys are having, they can win their star coins. They can win osmosis coins. They can just start with a couple of coins and start playing around in, that, in those wallets. But then understand how it works. And then they're all intelligent enough to make their way. And then you guys, they'll be attending these spaces. Because once they figure out... This is where they're making their money. You're going to have a bunch of Iranians. And guess what? They're all going to come up here and say, Sandy Toes, could you please translate for me? I'm going to say it in Farsi. <laughs> and then I'm going to be up here translating their questions for you guys. And Because I'm already doing that in the NFT space. And I want to do that for them in the DeFi spaces so they understand what you're saying. So expect to see me here every night and every day. And, and those Iranians are going to come and Kuanos are going to come and Venezuelans <laughs> are going to come. They're all coming, guys. Well, we'll Sandy. Have, we'll oh, have sorry. to figure out the best way to for you guys to convert the Tezos over to um, to osmosis or something like that. There's got to be a, an easy way to convert over. So, <laughs> Mayor. Sandy, I was just going to say that we, we do host spaces in Spanish. Uh, Cosmos Spaces does. 
on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I did just send her a um, an invite for that space tomorrow. Perfect. I think I'll attend it too. make my Spanish stronger. I understand a lot more like I can listen to it, but I, I'm not good enough to go translate it. So but I'm going to check that out, too. I'm, I'm watching Spanish uh, soap operas so I can get stronger <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> so, Sandy, what's the deal with Open Seas banning people? I, I've heard that a couple times that they're they're banning artists. Is that because of political statements or what's going on with that? Do you know? Yes, I do know, because my DMs have blown up with it for months. And so basically, OpenSea, because they're a platform and they're based in the United States, they have to follow the laws of the United States. And the United States got really for months out a bunch of notices that, hey, you know, you better be enforcing these rules. So a lot of these artists who, you know, may, they may not be using VPNs or it's obvious that they're from Cuba or Iran or Venezuela. I think Somalia was on the list too, but we don't have a, a lot of Somalian artists in the space. So I haven't heard them screaming. They basically woke up and their account was shut down and banned. So they had artwork and they had collectors and some of them were big artists who had thousands of dollars worth of Ethereum and work. And it was very ugly and it was, it got pretty, you know, um, contentious. And then what happened was the ones who were big enough and had enough clout in the Twitter space got recognition and their accounts got opened back up. However, a lot of the smaller artists who did not have this privilege that's it. They had to just figure it out. So we were there to catch them and say, hey, come on over to the Tezos network. It's really easy. We're already here. We're a community. And so they got their uh, whatever te temple wallet or whatever they liked and came over and then started minting. So that's what happened with OpenSea is they just all of a sudden shut down some artists who were from Cuba, Iran and Venezuela. And the ones who saw that this was happening to their artist friends got really mad and thought, oh, my God, we better get going. And then we even had support from artists, American artists and other people from Australia who were not even from there, who said they're going to phase out their open sea presence and just strictly be on Tezos and known origin. And, you know, if they had Ethereum and I saw that happening as well. And so the community and Twitter, I think it's strong. And I think Web3 is different. And, and, and while we have these uh, laws that we have to obey by the governments and the big corporations or, or the big entities like OpenSea have to comply, there's a lot of solutions that are being created right away. So that's the, that's the story about OpenSea and what happened. Thank, thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. Because I'd heard some stories about that. It, and it must have to do with if there's certain sanctions on certain countries then OpenSea is is closing those people's accounts from from those countries or something like that that's that's weird that they that would trickle down all the way to independent artists that's kind of disappointing it's money they got to control the money decentralization is where we need to go with nfts that's for a fact well that's just it and i've been screaming in the space for months now People think, you know, they, they don't even know the difference between a blockchain and a platform. And I've been screaming, you guys, all of you in OpenSea, because I'm Iranian. And I saw the writing on the wall. I said, come on, you guys. Any day now, they're, they're going to have to 
ban you. I didn't even see it as an option for OpenSea. I'm frankly, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner because, yeah, they have to follow the laws. And then it became kind of random and strange because then they have to try to figure out who's Iranian. And guess what happened? It was so bizarre. Okay, here's where it's really bizarre. I left out a really important part. There was an artist in Turkey. Okay, he was Iranian by nationality, but his paperwork and his citizenship and, and residence was all legal and legit in Turkey. And, and he had screenshots of Binance. And so it wasn't just OpenSea, it was MetaMask Wallet closed their wallets down and Binance. So these people, because they had Iranian nationality. So yeah, I left out the scariest and most awful part of this is people who were living outside of Iran who, you know, and had paperwork and were legally in other countries also had their money taken. And so, yeah, that was kind of bizarre. So MetaMask, people lost money, people lost their artwork. And, uh, and and frankly, I got a little freaked out in the middle of it all. I actually went to the bank and took out a few thousand dollars because I just maybe I got triggered or, or you know traumatized and remembered what happened to the Japanese. And I just thought, you know what? The Iranian population is a very juicy group of the population. You know, we're business holders, we're land holders. And if they want to round us up and put us in a camp... We're a juicy bite. And then they could just freeze all of our assets, just like what happened in Japan. And I don't want to think like that, but what happened with OpenSea and MetaMask and Binance, and I saw not just one or two, but in Telegram and WhatsApp, on Twitter, and then I couldn't believe it. So this is all true. This actually happened. And so being of Iranian nationality or Cuban nationality was enough. So it didn't even matter where your paperwork was. And that really freaked me out, you guys. That actually happened. Holy smokes. Hey, more. Oh, he dropped down. <clears throat> Sorry. I think we're going to wrap up the room that we've been going on for almost, uh, what is it now, four hours? What do you think, Eric? You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening to Sandy and hearing all that horrible stuff from OpenSea. Horrible so, stuff. Horrible yeah. stuff. Well, let's, did let's did anyone we... have any questions or comments? I don't think Thank so. Thank you again, guys. I really appreciate the knowledge and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, uh, Sandy, for stopping you, Sandy. by. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just a quick reminder to everyone: we do have a giveaway going away in the Discord. Also, thank you again to Sunshine Validator for that giveaway. So don't forget to give them a follow. They're listening right now down below. Thank you, Eric. But yeah, yeah, no problem. But yeah, I think it's a good uh, place for us to wrap up the room. So. Thanks again to everyone who came up here, who was an integral part to this great conversation that we had today. And we'll see you again soon. Bye, everyone. Good night, everybody. Take it easy. It was awesome. Bye, Sandy. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part space, the IBC Gang Lounge Open Mic, recorded on Saturday, April 9th, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news.
Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Have you heard about the new Terra Invest Strategy Discord server Orbital Command spun up? If you're looking for a chill place to chat about different Luna stacking strategies or looking for some alpha or if you're trying to find the best UST farms or even if you just have a quick question you need answered, be sure to stop by TIS and say hi to the Orbital Command gang. Hell, I'm even in there sometimes when I'm not editing hours of CFI spaces. You can find me in that server chatting about NFTs and answering basic Terra Luna questions. The link to the server is in the show notes, and for more information, check out orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. I've been riding through town, looking like a buck fifty. Still got love for the humans that be fucking with me. Feeling like I gotta take advantage of the bricks that hit me. Three little piggies, you can miss me like Mississippi. A bunch of hippie dippies, hippie flipping. I like my acid trippy, switching into spiffy wolf clothing like your grandma's missing. Rolling up some critical, hitting these individuals. Keep the flow hysterical while I'm spitting these lyricals. I don't believe in God, I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe we've earned the right to harvest these materials. Sleeping in the cut, killing all the cereal, cereal killers out hunting down the Cheerios. Me, I sit back, bumping lines through the stereo, and try to rearrange all the lies they've been feeding y'all. All these Imperials make me all delirious. Looking at the stars, gonna relocate to Sirius. Looking at the stars, gonna relocate to Sirius. the next task paying great when we used to go around the world in 80 days and the harvest was bountiful making hay trying to stick around and stake my claim i'm giving this ignorance a kick in the dickens it's like a bunch of hit or miss kids on the mission it's all ego and very little training miracles and daisies pushed up daily running out of patience saving grace Always too hungry to save some face We like getting wasted late That's a twist of fate When your memory is missing date Tragedy strikes when you lose that debate Then you choose to relate to the views of your mate But the views of your mate are like the news on an eight And the news only exists to propagate hate So flip the channel off and kick the battle We're getting ripped off like a ticket raffle I'm sick of these assholes living like kings While the rest of these beings are sick examples We're living samples Getting studied, gifted animals, limping bloody Stepping around all the traps in the mud So the rats with the drugs can slip abruptly Living in shambles, these people are starving It's like we're being led by Marvin the Martian On how to regard human life Then we saw, then remind them what it's like to have your carriage get robbed Stick them up